Welcome to Voices in Physics, a podcast that explores the culture in physics through interviews with people in the field. All right, thank you for sitting down with me to talk about the culture in physics as you experienced it. I really appreciate you taking the time and sort of the emotional <laughs> energy to, to do this. Yeah, of course. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I went to undergrad... Um, I started out in physics, and then end of my junior year, ended up switching to math, graduated with a math degree, and I've been working as a uh, data analyst. And this undergraduate institution was a large state school? Correct. Cool. All right. So how did you get into physics to begin with? What made you choose that, that major? Yeah, in high school, I actually took a physics class my junior year, and the teacher that I had um, really got me interested in it. Um, I always thought that I wanted to go into writing. I'd never really considered science or math as a career path, Um, but then he was a really good teacher. He was really good at getting everybody involved, and I think he kind of went out of his way to make women more interested in it, which was really cool. And I I really enjoyed it. I was a little bit interested going into that class. That's the reason I took the class, um, because my older brother uh, had some books on it, and he was kind of into it. So I started reading those and thought, like, black holes and that kind of stuff was cool. Um, So in that class, I did pretty well, and... Yeah, he really helped me, and then I ended up taking uh, AP Physics my senior year because he was also the teacher of that. Um, So that's really how I got into it, and then I think I just enjoyed it so much, and it was something different and something I never thought that I could do. That So I ended up going to college for that. (laughs) And when you say it was something you never thought you could do, why did you think that? Yeah, I guess uh, growing up, I think I always was a really good in reading and writing, and I felt like teachers kind of pushed me more towards that, and I was I was decent at math and science, but I wasn't outstanding, and I just felt nobody ever um, told me I could do that or really mm-hmm. got me interested in it or talked to me about it or anything, mm-hmm. so... So you feel like you were you really relied on the guidance of your teachers, you yeah. Some input from your older brother, for example, but mostly right. it was teachers who were kind of guiding you as to what uh, would be a good fit for you. Uh, so, do you remember what books your bro- older brother had that you found particularly inspiring? Yeah, they were mostly pop culture books on physics, just kind of current stuff that was happening. Okay, nice. And was your brother a physicist? No, um, he was, he was into a lot of tech stuff and computers, and, um, so this was just something he kind of found on the side that he was interested in. And did you have any role models when you were at this age? I don't think so. I mean, I did look off to my older brother, and I think, I mean, when I was in that physics class, I think my teacher was kind of a role model. And what about in, in pop culture? Did you see science figures 
in books or movies or things where you thought, oh, that's what science is. That's the kind of thing I'd be interested in doing. Mostly just, I don't think it was any person in particular, but just the the space stuff, the black holes, pretty much anything with space is really what interested me. And were you aware of the gender gap when you were going into physics? No. Um, not really, because I think in my high school class, there really wasn't too much of a gap because everybody had to take a science class. So at that point, there were a lot of girls in my class, and I felt comfortable in that class. And especially with my teacher, I felt pretty good in that class. So I definitely did not realize in college that it would be any different. <laughs> and when you went to college, what happened? It was very different. <laughs> um, I think there were three girls total in my freshman class. That's including yourself? Yes, including myself. And how did that feel? It was very intimidating. Um, and I felt like everybody had already taken a lot of high-level classes before getting to that point. And I had taken AP Physics, but I don't even think I had taken Calculus at that point. And I felt like a lot of the other guys in that class had taken like multiple levels of Calculus already. Did you get that impression from talking to them, or was it just the way they... Yeah, um, yeah, I had talked to a couple of them, and then, actually, I think the the main thing was the teacher had mentioned as he was going through that first semester, he was saying, oh, you should have seen this already, you should know this, and and it was a lot of stuff that I didn't know, so I was a little concerned. What kind of thing, do you, do you have a, do you remember looking back, I know it's been a while, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But looking back, can you can you remember the kinds of things that your teacher was pointing out and saying, oh, you should have seen this already, you should know this already? I think a lot of it was math. So he, he would just, all the calculus, he would just go over really quickly and just kind of say, oh, this is, you already know this, I'm moving on to this next part. And he's like, you just need to apply this to the physics. And he would just kind of explain the physics and... How did that feel when you're sitting in class and he's like, <laughs> okay, you've already, you already know this, next, and you haven't taken yeah. any calc, or you may not have taken any calc at this right. point. Right. Um, yeah, so I was <laughs> taking calculus at that time, but I was taking them both at the same time, so it was hard to apply it when I was also just learning it. Um, but yeah, it just, it really made me concerned right off the bat that I was behind everybody else and nobody else spoke up and said they didn't know it, so I just assumed I was the only one who didn't. And I didn't want to ask any questions since he told us we should know that. I see. So it was almost like he... It, was, it almost meant that no one was going to ask a question. If someone says, like, this is right. easy, or you've already, you already know this, mm-hmm. no one's going to raise their hand and say, actually, I don't Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I felt like he was telling us, don't ask questions about this, we're moving on, so. Did you ever go up to that teacher in office hours or something to, to talk about these things? Yeah, um, I did go to a lot of his office hours and ask for help, and and I, I do feel like he was uh, willing to give me help. Um, I felt like it wasn't 
he helped me, but I don't feel like it really helped me. <laughs> I don't know. And then he would try to kind of um, pass me off onto other students. He was like, well, I can give you the name of this person. They can help you. That would have made me feel not very valued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have made me feel very, like, a hindrance almost. Or Right. Yeah, I, I felt, I definitely felt um, like I was bothering him. Because I would go to multiple office hours, and yeah. So eventually I just stopped going. And did you ask classmates for help when he gave you these names or whatever? Yeah, um, there was one person that I did try to work with. Um, but again, I feel like they were also freshmen, and they were in the class, so we were both trying to go through the class, and I don't think that a freshman is a very good tutor, because they're also learning at the same time as mm-hmm. me, so even if they get it better than me, they're still not a trained mm-hmm. tutor or anything. <laughs> Did you have any other options for tutoring or these kind of things? Not that I knew of, no. Yeah. I'm sure there were probably some, but I wasn't told of any. Did you talk to anyone about this, the fact that you felt like you were behind and... No, um, I, I felt kind of embarrassed, so I didn't want to admit that I wasn't as good. So I really just tried to push myself, and, you know, I thought I could work harder. And did that work out? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's really hard. It's hard to work solo Right. Class. <laughs> <It's> yeah. <laughs> already, like, there's a psychological impact on something being intimidating. Mm-hmm. I had that a lot in my undergrad. Yeah. Like, if I thought a course was hard, I did not do as well on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It was, like, the way it was. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, you feel intimidated. And I think in that kind of environment, it's really hard to learn and actually understand what's going on, push yourself to your full potential. What do you think could have been done to make that easier for you? Um, I would have appreciated a more welcoming environment from the professor. Um, I actually, later on in college, I believe it was my junior year, I had a math teacher who, he said that he wants everybody to be involved in the class. He said, I want everybody to ask questions. I don't care if you ask the dumbest question in the world. I'm not going to judge you. I want you to ask those questions. And I want everybody to participate. And he was like, if I see people not participating, I may call on you. It's not to make you look stupid. It's so you can learn. And I feel like I did really well in that class. Um, so I think if teachers approached it more like that as the whole class is there to work together and learn and if if it's kind of a judgment-free zone I would have done a lot better yeah I like that that (laughs) sounds right that sounds right to me that that rings very true um and what about uh are there other incidents that happened in your undergrad did you do any undergraduate research I ended up reaching out to my advisor. We all had, like, a advisor in undergrad and in physics. And so I went to him and asked him, you know, I really want to get into grad school and I want to do as well as I can. I think I should do some research. 
Um, so he set me up with a professor to do some research. And I struggled a little bit because the professor was, um, he did very advanced physics. Uh, he did quantum mechanics, and I was only a sophomore at this time. So I think I kind of struggled with what he was wanting me to do. And he would just sort of like give me a task, and then I would attempt to do it, and then I would show him. And then I don't think he was really, he didn't really care what I did. <laughs> he was just kind of like, okay, this is fine. And I don't think I was doing it right. But <laughs> um, I think he was just humoring me or something. Um, so that didn't really go that well. And I don't think I learned anything from that. <laughs> Was that was that a, a theory research project? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you try research again? No, <laughs> I did apply for an REU program, and I did get in. And actually, I had a woman advisor. Uh, this was in math, though. This wasn't a physics okay. REU, um, but that was awesome. I learned a whole lot, and I feel like. She really, um, she hired all women, actually, (laughs) in our group. We had five, and she really pushed us and really um, helped us out and kind of showed us what the real world is like and how to do research, and so she's a really great mentor. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Did you um, think about going to grad school for math instead of physics? Yeah, um, originally I wanted to go for physics, and then when I dropped out of physics, I assumed I would go for math. I felt like um, at my school, it was kind of everybody in physics and math, they pushed us to go to grad school, and to them, there was no other options. So I didn't really understand what other options there were besides grad school um, until I did that RU program, and we actually worked with a cancer research center and it felt more not like academia. It felt like if you were to go into industry. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I liked it more than I liked academia. So I ended up... I applied for some grad schools, but I didn't get... I got into schools, but I didn't get money to go. So I ended up just going into industry. Cool. And how has that been yeah. for you? It's been good. Um It took me a little bit to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was just randomly applying for jobs and didn't really know what to look for, couldn't get any jobs, and then I just went into banking because it was the only thing that I knew that kind of related to math and I could easily get into. And through that, I ended up meeting some connections, I got another job, and I joined a mentorship program at my job. And it kind of told you about a a lot of different positions, what you can do, and I found data analysis, and it just really resonated with me. And you can really use your math degree for that. So it was exciting, and I've cool. done it ever since. I love it. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, cool. Um, so do you have other incidents in undergrad that you found particularly discouraging for reasons that you suspect were not entirely due to the quality of your work or your abilities? Yeah, when I was in my junior year, I was taking a class, and I went to the professor uh, during office hours one day to get 
asked uh, for some help on the homework, and we ended up talking about physics and grad school, and I was always concerned about getting into grad school and trying to ask for advice, and how do I position myself the best to get into grad school, and so I was always asking for advice whenever I went to teachers, and I was talking to him, and he just told me straight up that he thought that I should drop out of physics. He said that he didn't think I was cut out for it, um, that I probably wouldn't succeed, and he didn't think I could get into grad school, so he just said I should consider other options. And he was a very well-respected professor in the department, um, very high up, very good at what he does, and so I I really trusted him, and I trusted his opinion, so that's when I actually left physics. Did you talk to anyone else about this conversation? Not really. Um, I talked to, I did bring it up to my parents, and I told them that my professor had recommended that I leave, and I told him that, you know, I probably agreed with him that if I'm struggling and he doesn't think that it's a good path for me, then at that point I thought I should leave. And I think they just kind of supported what I wanted to do. And I don't think they really knew my whole struggle, the whole undergrad with physics. And and then I talked to my boyfriend a little bit about it, who was also in physics, and he also kind of agreed with the professor, so... It seemed like everybody was telling me to leave, so I did. (laughs) And was your boyfriend in physics? Yes, he was. Did you talk to anyone else about this? No. And you had these conversations before you actually left or after you left? Yes, this was all before I left. Um, And then, yeah, I just went ahead and did it. And this was end of junior year at this point. So I wasn't really sure what my other options were, and I I did not want to have to do another year um, Mm -hmm. of undergrad, you know, stay five years. So I ended up switching to math just because I had already taken so much math. I pretty much had the qualifications for the degree. When he was saying these things to you, it was in office hours. You went to go for help on on the coursework. You sort of brought up this question of grad school, yeah. because that's what you were kind of doing with professors, trying to figure out. Right, especially junior people. year, you know, you're getting mm-hmm. close to it. So, yeah, I just wanted to get his opinion. And this was actually the first time I had ever even talked to this professor. <laughs> How did you end up doing in that physics course? Just if um, you don't mind saying. Yeah, it was, well, I, I never finished the class because I dropped out before I finished it. Um, so it was actually pretty early on when I started taking the class. I got, if I remember, I mean, I wasn't doing phenomenal in the class. I got, like, C's on the test, so. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, because I've heard stories where people were discouraged from continuing, and they were, like, top five in the class. Mm. It's like, what is going on wow, here? Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had um, done well in my other classes, though, so. Did you go talk to those professors at all and say, like, hey, I did well in your class, I'm struggling in this one? Right. No, yeah, no, I never thought to do that. I was pretty upset by what he said, and I think it just really worried me, and I I really wanted to do well and have a good future, so 
you know, I thought that if he said I shouldn't, then I just kind of, yeah, I didn't really go anywhere else for advice. I just took his word. Did anyone else discourage you from continuing a career in physics? Um, I don't think so. No one ever encouraged me, but they didn't really discourage me. I think mostly him, yeah. So this is this is one conversation. <laughs> yeah. And you dropped the major and picked up another one. It just yeah. took that one conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after that conversation, how did it how did what was your reaction? How did you respond either like emotionally or so you say you, you dropped that physics course um what was your emotional response and how long did it take you to get over it um yeah it was it was really upsetting uh I think I I think I just sort of he said that and it just hit me really hard and I, I think I just laughed like I was like okay like thank you for your advice and I laughed and I don't remember exactly what happened, but I th- I think I felt really scared for my future and what I would do. And, you know, I was already a, a junior in college. And and he also didn't say other options or he never asked, like, well, what are your strengths or um, what else do you enjoy or, or give me any other options. It was just kind of like, you can't do this. And I just felt kind of devastated and didn't know what to do with my life then. Um, and that's when I kind of, you know, talked to my parents and thought, what else can I do? And math was just kind of, you know, I'd always done really well in math and I'd already had those credits. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just <laughs> do math instead. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't really know what my other options would be at that point. And for how long it took me to get over it, I don't know. I guess I'm still kind of upset that that happened. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I always kind of wonder. I wish I had uh, sticking up for myself a little bit more and said, and questioned it. I guess I wish I would have questioned it instead of just listening to him and immediately dropping it and moving on. I think it's a really hard thing to do. This is someone who you said was well-respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said before we turned the mics on that he was a good advisor, a good mentor slash advisor to your boyfriend at the time. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, so my boyfriend would always come back and say, because I, I would kind of, you know, vent to him and say that, you know, I didn't think he was a great teacher and I didn't really learn well from him. And, and my boyfriend would say, well, I think he's an excellent teacher. You know, I go to him all the time for help and and he was doing stellar in that class and I think that kind of just uh hit home even more that okay it's just me you know uh it is my fault and I should drop because you know he said it and he is a good teacher and he knows what he's talking about so I see so that contrast in the experience between you and your boyfriend right yeah really amplified that whole situation oh yeah yeah. (laughs) okay that's interesting you said that when you started in undergrad, there were three women total. Mm-hmm. At this time, were there still three women in your class, in this particular class? Um, or your classes in general? Right. Major? So, 
when I first started, I had met this one girl who was in physics, and we met at orientation, and we were good friends, and, you know, she dropped out, and I want to say it was, like, the first semester of physics, um, she just realized immediately that she did not like it, did not like the environment, uh, so she left, and that was really difficult, and then I don't think they lost any more women at that point, uh, they all stayed until the end, except for me. But at this, this point, it was just one other... Yeah, yeah. So, the other, so there was three of you going in, and then uh-huh. two of you eventually dropped. Yeah. And this one graduated. Yeah, she made it all the way through. Mm-hmm. How many How many students total were in that physics cohort? Do you remember? Oh, probably 30. Yeah, you said that this friend of yours who you got along really well with, mm-hmm. she said that... You said that she didn't like the environment? Yeah. Did, what did, What kinds of things... She, um... I guess she just also did not like that there weren't any other women, and it didn't feel very judgment-free or comfortable, and she just, she didn't feel very comfortable there, um, and she didn't like that, and she definitely felt like she was not smart enough to be there, so she immediately transferred out. Did you ever have any interactions with the third woman? Did you ever work yeah, with her? Yeah, um, not so much in the beginning. Towards the end, we started becoming better friends. Probably my junior year, I think, we started. Um, because once I met my boyfriend and then started going to more physics events outside of the classes, um, that's where I met her and we started chatting and ended up becoming friends. Were you going to physics events throughout your undergrad? No. um, I tried to, my freshman year, I tried to because everybody, all the other guys were going. So I wanted to be kind of part of the group. And then I showed up and they were just kind of sitting around playing video games. And I didn't feel comfortable and I I didn't play video games. I didn't really know how to relate to all of them. Um, So that was the last one that I ended up going to. Oh, also, um, I don't know if this is, if you want me to talk about this, but I'll just kind of throw this out there, but I actually, and I, like, just remembered this, um, but there was one guy who I ended up, um, freshman year working with, um, I asked him for help, and he said he would be willing to help me, and so we would, like, do homework together and stuff and hang out, and then he actually, um like, asked me to be his girlfriend, and I, I did not think of him in that way, and it made me really uncomfortable. Um, so I stopped working with him and tried to avoid him, and yeah, that, that was just a uncomfortable experience. Did you try to avoid him because it was awkward? Yeah, because I had to, I lied and told him that I was already seeing somebody, but I wasn't, um, but I just didn't know how to tell him I wasn't interested in him. I thought, you know, I never felt like I gave him any signals that I was interested in him. Um, but yeah, I just felt uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to be around him because he was into me. And that was the person you were like doing homework sets with and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were just kind of working together in a 
professional way, like just homework. You know, we never hung out. We only got together, uh, like at the library to study. <laughs> so, so who did you work with once you stopped working with him? Um, no one really. I just kind of tried to get through it myself. And when was the next time? How long was it before you started working with people again? Um, probably like two years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What prevented you from working with people? Because all the other guys, I mean, they were guys as well. And I guess I was kind of worried that would happen again. And I really just wanted to have someone to do homework with, not um, be in a relationship with. I'm sorry, that really sucks. <laughs> Thanks. That that sucks. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that until just now, actually. Yeah, it's... I didn't even realize it at the time. That was pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> it seems to have had a pretty big impact on how you operated. Yeah. Not working with people. Right, yeah. That's impossible. That's... Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> Thanks. Um, did you ever talk about these experiences with anyone? Did you talk to anyone about how this guy you were doing homework with, and then he starts hitting, like, or asks you to be his girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Did you talk to anyone? No, I mean, I had some um, girlfriends outside of physics, um, so I was also on the cheerleading team there, uh, so I had a really good group of friends through that, and at the time, I just kind of vented to them about it and said, ugh, this guy, you know, <laughs> can't believe he did that, but no, I I don't think I realized that it was kind of inappropriate for him to do that, but yeah, I don't think I really realized what happened at that time. You didn't talk to anyone else? No. Yeah, I never talked to any like, professors or... Yeah. yeah. Or other physics classmates? No, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not, meaning... Because he was friends with them, so I think it would have been very weird. Because um, I'm sure he talked to them about it, so I think that's another reason I felt really uncomfortable going to any of the meetings outside of physics, you know, the physics society that they had. Um, you know, he was there, and he was always a part of that, and... All the other guys were friends with him, so that would have been kind of awkward to show up, especially knowing that he probably said something to them about it. Not to, like, if this is... If you can't really say, then just say that, but, like... Okay. Do you have a sense for what you were worried that he said to people? Do you have a sense of what you worried about? Um, a little bit, yeah. I guess... Yeah, just worried that he would say something that didn't actually happen. Or, or I was just worried about how he described the situation. Like, if he was saying that I was into him back or, you know, I didn't want him to say we were flirting or anything. And then I just turned him down. And, you know, I wasn't sure if he was upset about it or... So not saying that you should have. <laughs> did you ever um, did you ever confront him with this and say, hey, that, that made me really uncomfortable? No, definitely not. Um, 
I guess I was kind of worried that I had done something to make him think that I was interested. Um, and mostly I was just embarrassed. I think I was really embarrassed that the whole thing happened. And when he, you know, I felt like it came out of the blue completely when we were just doing homework one day and he was like, I really like you. And, um, you know, I want to, can we go on a date or something or. Yeah. So I, you know, I never brought it up again. I just completely ignored it and tried to forget about it. He never talked to you again? Or... Um, no. I mean, he did try to, like, message me on Facebook and stuff like that, and I ended up just blocking him. And <laughs> yeah. I guess he didn't completely, like, give up right away, but... Nothing, like, inappropriate, but just, you know, reaching out, like, hey, I'd really like to hang out, or let's go get coffee, or, um, do you want to keep, like, working together, or, I don't know how I ended up, I guess I just kept ignoring him, and then told him I was busy, and, you know, making up excuses why I couldn't hang out or do homework anymore. Alright. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, would it have been less bad if he hadn't persisted on social media? It's no, a bit of a I think it still would have been pretty bad. Okay. Yeah, I think it was more the in person and just the way that it came out of the blue and mm-hmm. kind of threw me off guard. And then I think I was upset because I like lost my. Homework buddy, too. <laughs> yeah. So. Right, yeah. That was someone that you were working with. Right, yeah. <laughs> and he made it personal, and you lost someone yeah. you could work with. Right. This is maybe not entirely... Uh, this, this may not entirely follow, but... Have you ever been concerned about retaliation, and, and what would that have looked like for you? Mm-hmm. In any of the incidents you've, you've just described? I don't think so. Um... Just because I I don't... At the time, I didn't feel like anything was really wrong. I felt that it was kind of all me. You know, it was all on me. And that I just wasn't doing well enough. I didn't work hard enough. Or, you know, I just couldn't get it. And so, no, I, I, don't, I don't think I felt like that. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you went into the math major, mm-hmm. what was that transition like? Um, it was okay. I mean, I'd always done really well in math in college, and I knew a lot of the teachers, and they were good, and there were a lot more girls in math. Um, so I definitely felt more comfortable, and I had some really good teachers, And I felt like I got a lot more support with my teachers in math, and I don't know if it's because I was a really good student, Um, you know, whereas the physics classes, I was okay. It wasn't like I was failing or anything. Um, I was just kind of middle of the road. But I felt like I never really got any support when I went to those teachers. But my math teachers, I felt like I got a lot of support, and they all were more than willing to write letters of recommendation, and I'm still, um, like, friends with some of those teachers now, so. 
and that's where they kind of like pushed me to do the RU program and they were always willing to help. I meant to ask this earlier, in the physics faculty, how many women were there? Um, I think there was only one and I never had her as a teacher or an advisor or anything. And in the math department? Oh, there was quite a few more. It wasn't 50-50, but it was a lot more equal than the physics department. And about how many faculty total were in the physics department? 10, 15, I want to say. It was kind of a small department. And what about the math department? That was definitely a larger department, probably like 20, 30 people, I want to say. Just curious. (laughs) It's interesting to me that physics sounded like a very intimidating place in which people seemed like they were ahead of you at the get-go. Yeah. They didn't seem particularly willing to help. Mm -hmm. And then if you did get help, it was like this guy asking you to be his girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, And then you go to the math department, Mm -hmm. and you're getting lots of support from teachers. Yeah. Uh, How were your interactions with the students there? Really good. Um, I felt like I had a lot of friends, and maybe it was, I mean, it was probably because I felt a lot more, like, confident in math, Um, but I had no problem, like, asking questions in class. Um, I always had friends in my classes, so, again, like, I felt more comfortable asking questions. I always had people to work with. Um, I had one girlfriend who I ended up being, like, every math class we had together. (laughs) I don't know how that worked out, but we had a lot of our classes together. And so she was a great support system. We always did our homework together, and we were also willing to work with other people. We included, you know, other people in our group, and it was definitely more of, I remember, like, doing my homework with people all the time for those classes, but never really for my physics classes. How many did you, how often did you ask questions in physics classes? I don't think I ever asked a question in class. Um, yeah, I felt very uncomfortable and scared. Like I always just and I'm the kind of person who would always like to sit in the front of my classes cuz I just feel like I learn better, but for some reason in physics I always sat in the back and I guess I tried to kind of like blend in and <laughs> not so make myself stand out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a really intimidating environment. Is that yeah, really and I don't know if it was just me like making it that way, but yeah, I, I felt really intimidated there. Um, and I don't, I don't think the teachers helped. Like I felt like they were. It was like they were trying to show they were so smart or something. And so interesting. Okay, thanks for describing. That. <laughs> that's that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. This math teacher that you described, she was like, ask stupid questions, I want everyone to be involved. Oh, yeah. That's great. What point did that happen? Did you say junior year? Yeah, that was junior year. Um, That was actually after I had switched over to math. Um, So that was one of my more higher-level math classes. Mm -hmm. Um, So was that one of the first math classes you took after switching majors? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a nice introduction to the math department. Oh, yeah. It was was really good. (laughs) Nice. Okay. And were, were there math clubs and things that you joined? Or, were um, they, or were they, did they exist? I don't know, actually. I don't remember there being any math clubs. And okay. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know if there were. I feel like I would have remembered if there was, but... Yeah. 
Maybe it's just because I switched late. Okay. But. Yeah, just curious. I was curious about whether or not your interaction, if those had existed, if those would have been, if your interactions with those would have been Right. Different. Yeah, that would have been really interesting, actually. But no, I don't think they had any. Okay. Um, maybe I just wasn't looking for it because I already had a bunch of friends in math, so. Right. Yeah. And you had friends in math before you went to the major? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they were already there. Mm-hmm. Cool. As you were finishing up your undergrad, or even, like, at various points in your undergraduate experience, did you ever identify as a physicist? Um, I don't think I did. I feel like I always felt like kind of an imposter, and I just felt like I didn't really belong, and I just didn't fit in with the other people there, and yeah, I just felt like I wasn't really smart enough, and I couldn't, I never felt like I was a physicist, you know? When you were a physics major, did you ever have a moment of joy? Like, was there ever a class or, like, a problem set or a moment in class where you're like, oh, man, this is so cool? Hmm. I mean, there were definitely moments where, you know, I felt like I wasn't getting it and then I would get it, and it was really exciting, Um, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that, and, yeah. And I, I liked, I mean, I liked the stuff we were doing, and I enjoyed the material and the classes, but I think I was just always kind of afraid of it too, though, so it wasn't as satisfying as I had hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. I kind of lost my passion for it throughout the the years, I guess. And did you feel that you were treated as a physics major among your, your peers in the major? Did you feel accepted and welcome? Um... Probably not. I felt like the guys got along really well, and I felt I never felt like I was like a part of their group. So I don't think so. I don't even know if <laughs> if they really knew I was there half the time because you know I was kind of hidden in the back and I didn't really talk much. So and what about in the math major? Did you identify as a, a mathematician or a math major? Yeah, I think I did because I I had so many friends in the classes and. I knew so many the teachers well, and I just felt more comfortable. Yeah, I feel like I, I did feel, yeah. But did you feel like you had, like, a, a world view of a math major? I think so, yeah. Cool. <laughs> can you can you think of, and I, I'm not sure I can answer this question, so don't, like, <laughs> you're failing if you can't answer it. Okay. Uh, like, what, are there any concrete things you can point to that helped that feeling of, like, oh, for sure, like, I have a math worldview. Definitely the um, RU that I did. That helped me a lot because it helped me. um, It was more like I got a taste of what the real world was. That was the first time I did research and I actually did well. And I felt like I had guidance and I learned a whole lot there. I felt like going into the real world after graduation wasn't as scary. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you graduate, uh, you look for jobs. Now that you've been uh, in industry for a few years, mm-hmm. how do you identify? Do you still identify as a math Yeah, I would say mathematician? as a mathematician, definitely. Cool. And do you feel like you are recognized as such in the environment that you work in? Yeah, definitely. Can you describe what it's like to be in industry? Just a lot of the people I interview, I think almost 
all of them so far are somewhere along the academic track. Oh, okay. <laughs> so can, can you, would you like to describe what that's like? Can you describe sure. what it was like to go into it? And uh-huh. I think a lot of people would really benefit from hearing what that what that's like. Yeah, um, I was actually nervous to get into it because at the time, um, this was, I was still working at this one company where I wasn't doing anything related to math or anything. You know, I was just uh, starting to get into industry. And that's when I joined the mentorship program. And I had a really great mentor. And he got me into data analysis. I shadowed a whole bunch of different people in the company. Um, and so they helped me out a lot. And then I was still a little hesitant to go into it because I didn't really have any experience. But my boyfriend kind of, like, helped push me, and he was like, you can definitely do this. Like, you have all the skills. You know, you took all these math classes. So I was like, what the heck? You know, I'm, I'm just going to start applying. And I ended up getting the first job I applied for. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, with, like, zero experience. So it was really, really exciting. And, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, my interview experience was really great. Um, and my boss is, she's actually a woman. And we get along really well. And she started from nothing. Like, she does not have a math background. Um, she didn't even go to college. But she started this company when she was 16. She worked in the call center. And she just worked really hard and, like, moved up. And she got into data analysis and loved it and did really well. And she became a manager. And then she interviewed me. And she, like, she told me later on that she took, like, she took a chance on me. She said there were other people more qualified that applied, but she just felt like I was similar to her and, like, really wanted to learn and succeed, and, you know, I had what it takes to succeed. So that was really cool that she did that, but she has been an amazing mentor to me. So I feel like I've learned so much in this position, and I feel totally comfortable with her. I can ask any questions. Um, she never judges me. And she has, like, put me in so many situations where she's like, oh, you want to work on your presentation skills? I lined up these five presentations for you to give. <laughs> so that was really cool. I feel like she really cares about my growth and, um, like, programming. She our, – our team is still kind of small and new, um, so we don't have that many people that can program. And I told her, you know, I programmed in college. And so she just kind of, she was like, just go ahead and do it. And, you know, try to get better and, like, teach the team. And mm-hmm. so it's been really cool. Um, I feel like I've kind of helped the team grow and Congrats. learn more skills. So it's been really exciting. <laughs> that sounds really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, do you see yourself being there for a long time? Yeah, I think... Um, I would like to stay there for a while because I feel like she's such a good mentor and we work together really well. When she told you that she took a chance on you, that she sort of could see similar qualities in you that she saw in herself, Mm -hmm. how did that make you feel? It made me feel really good. Um, yeah, it was, it was really nice to hear, you know, that someone believes in you and that... Sometimes you can do a lot more than you think you're capable of. Have there any? Have there been any incidents while you were working in the company that were that you felt like, oh, okay, you're judging me based on my gender, not on my skills? <laughs> so there was an instance. 
I guess, uh, yeah, there was an incident recently where they hired a guy on the team, and we had just had a senior analyst leave, and so they hired this new guy as an analyst. I was also an analyst at the time, and I had been at the company for two years already, and this guy was pretty new in the industry. He had, like, six months' experience. And since our senior analyst left, I went to my boss and I was like, you know, I've been here two years. I've done a lot of good work. Um, how can I get to that level? And, you know, I didn't ask for a promotion or anything. I just, you know, said I want to continue growing and becoming better. And I felt like I had all the skills at that point that that guy had when he left. And and actually, uh, it was like two weeks later, it was announced that this new guy got promoted to senior analyst. And that was really hurtful because he had just come in and I had been there for two years working really hard. And I kind of felt like I had more skills than him. I actually knew how to code better than him. And he comes in and claims he can code and he just gets promoted. Um, I think that was really kind of discouraging and... I was I was just really shocked, I think. Did you talk to anyone about that? I did. I talked to my boss, um, who has been a mentor. And I don't think it was necessarily her decision. I think it was her boss above her. Because, well, she actually pulled me in the office after. Because they announced it. And I think I <laughs> didn't have the best reaction, you know. Um, I think I was just a little taken aback. And I think she could tell that. So she called me in and she said... I don't want you to worry, like, you are getting there and, you know, just told me to be patient pretty much. Um, and I, I did getting, I ended up getting promoted as well. Um, but it was six months later and I felt like she really believed in me and she was, she was like, it's coming, it's coming, like, it's soon. I felt like she fought for me. Like, I feel like she really fought for me, so I, I don't blame her, but I think, the people above her kind of had this impression that he was a guy and he already knew this stuff and I don't think he really knew what I was capable of so that's the only time at my job that I felt the gender difference um and again I, I don't think it was my boss yeah it sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it took six months for that to be sort of rectified at least for you right yeah and are you promoted to senior analyst now yeah so correct. same position mm-hmm. same level yeah and interesting enough so i became friends with this guy and i asked him how much he got a raise and when i got the raise it was and this isn't like a huge deal or anything, but he got nine or ten percent, and I got nine percent. So I just thought that was kind of odd. It's so close, but then you couldn't quite make us equal. Have you talked to anyone about that? No, uh, no, I would definitely be too scared. <laughs> and what are you scared of? Um, I just I don't know how that would react to me knowing that how much he got a raise. You know, I wouldn't want him to get in trouble, but. Is, also, there, is there a company rule that you can't talk about? Sales? Not that I know of. Yeah. Um, but I, I would worry it would affect me in the future. You know, if I complained about this, then they might not want to, like, ever promote me again. Or, you know, it might just be make it harder in the future to get promoted. 
I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks. <laughs> and you're sure he wasn't rounding up? Like he was like, no, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And I trust him. Like we're we're pretty good friends. Like, have you compared CVs? Um. Yeah. Yeah. How do they compare? Um. I mean, well, it's funny because he put SAS as what he knew coming into the job, but they never like tested him or anything. And I was, you know, still. I was using SAS, but I can always get better and stuff. And I was like, oh, this guy, like, really knows SAS. And when he started, I asked him a bunch of questions. And I'm like, hey, like, you know, can you help me out with this? Or my code's, like, not working. Can you help me here? And he didn't know any of it. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I know how to code in SAS way better than him. So I don't know if they just don't realize that or if he's – I don't know how they wouldn't see that, though, you know? <laughs> Then at that point in time, I had more data analysis experience. Like, I had been there two years, and he had six months, so. Did you ever ask for an explanation for why he was promoted and you were not? Um, They said that he just, when he came in, he had a better resume, and he had experience coming in, so they felt like he needed to be a senior analyst. <laughs> and yet you know that he essentially lied on his resume. Yeah, yeah. Is that am I am I stating that too strongly, or would you say that he? No, I I feel like he did. Yeah, he said he used it as his previous job for six months, and I'm sure he did. You know, he probably used it, but I don't think he used it to a high level. You know, just a basic understanding of it. And they don't ask any technical questions when they hire for these roles because they're still it's a new team. And, has this experience of watching someone who you know is less qualified than you get promoted ahead of you yeah. and get a raise that is larger than yours when you do get promoted to the same position, mm -hmm. how does that affect how you're going to operate in the future? It definitely, um, I felt like before that happened, I worked so hard at my job. I love my job. You know, I was constantly trying to improve and get better and um, that just really took me by surprise, and I think I lost a lot of motivation. I was kind of like, why am I even bothering to put in all this hard work? And then it was, you know, every month, it was kind of like, do I ask about it? Do I bring it up? Um, is it ever going to happen? And it was just kind of like, you know, keep keep being patient. Just hang on. It'll happen. And then, and it's not even like he had all those months ahead of me, but then it's like I missed the end of year bonus, and, you know, he got that. And I'm sorry, can you explain? Yeah, so if you're a senior analyst, you get an extra bonus every year, which is end of year, so December, January time frame. And I wasn't promoted until February, so I just missed the end of year bonus. How much would that is that bonus? That's um, five to ten percent of your entire salary. Can you give us an idea of how many thousands of dollars that is? Uh, it's probably, um, yeah, like five grand, ten grand. I can't remember, but yeah, that's a pretty substantial number for. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Of course you're not motivated. Of course you're like, why bother? Yeah, of course. And then I have to act all, like, appreciative and excited about my promotion when in reality I was pretty disappointed because I was like, I had to wait this long and then I missed out on that and... And you know it's a 9%, not 10%. Right, yeah, so it's like, and then every year... It's just insult after insult, yeah. um, Every year they do, like, an annual... You can get, like, an increase in your salary yearly. Um, It's called a merit increase, Uh which is a percentage of your current salary. So it's like every year he continues to... He will, like, if we both stay there for the same time frame and we get the same annual increases, he will be making way more by the end of that time frame this is so interesting it's it's yeah. compounding the raises yeah yeah definitely and i also um found this is out what fascinating he... <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god the raise percentage it's funny that less. i ended up like becoming friends with him and asking him all this but um and then i asked him like how much did they pay you when you were hired yes and it was 10 grand more than what they hired me at so it's like he just keeps getting more and more and more so <laughs> it's interesting and you don't feel that there's anyone you can talk to about this without no yeah I, I i would be like so nervous about my career you know it's like you don't want to be that person who complains and and i don't know that they would do anything they would just be like i just feel like it would be a very uncomfortable conversation and, and that would hurt my relationship with my boss and affect my position on the team and my career. I strongly suggest that you document all of this. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. I strongly suggest that you prepare yourself for a lawsuit in the future. Mm. It might be a class action lawsuit. I highly recommend it. Okay, that's a good point. If you can, get documents from him. Okay, yeah, he would probably be... um, so he actually grew up with a bunch of sisters, so he actually doesn't agree with the fact that I'm making less than him. And in what ways has he stood up for you? Oh, no way. <laughs> he says it to me, but he hasn't said anything to anybody else. And Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Because I know how happy you were to get the promotion. Yeah. Because it finally right. happened. Yes. And I was kind of scared at that point that it wouldn't even happen. It would never happen, yeah. Right. Because I felt like, you know, I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. Have you talked to other women who are senior analysts? Have you compared their experiences to yours? No. um, Actually, our team, it's me. So the team has 10 people, and it's me and two other girls. Um, but my boss is a woman, so I've done really well, like, I'm really good friends with her, and I feel like we get along, but, so there's another girl who has been on the team longer than me, but she's actually, like, a position lower than me, and then she recently got promoted to an analyst, so I don't really know how to see how her experience has compared, um, because she's been in the company for, like, 10 years now, and has also kind of, like, moved her way up, and then the other girl... She just got hired um, as, like, a level below a analyst. Mm-hmm. So they don't really have the same experiences that I did. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, it would be interesting to see the girl who got promoted to an analyst, like, how much did they increase her? 
And how much is she making now? Like, yeah. Hmm. What about other teams? Do you have any, do you have any oh, connection yeah. with other teams? That's a good point. No one that I'm, like, that close with. So we actually work because I'm in a certain department. We're at a building with all the call center employees, um, even though we do analytics. But all the other analytics teams are at a different building. Um, and we we work with them. But since we're in a different building, it's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not as close with them. So I think that would be hard to compare. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. Because, especially since you said that a lot of this is being maneuvered by people that aren't your boss, but the people one yeah. level, it's, it'd be interesting to see, like, what groups oh, they are yeah. controlling or right. under them. That's a really good point. Mm. Think about it. I, I would urge you to think about it. Yeah. Because these are very concrete numbers that you're giving. Right. And... The effects are, are pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like there's no way for me to ever catch up to him because it's always a percentage. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'd have to get a much higher percentage or something. Yeah. I don't know how that would work. This is very interesting. It's interesting to me that he said he, like, knew this program really, really well. Right. Basically, or implied that. Yeah. And that's essentially what governed his promotion yeah and they didn't check no so his willingness to not lie on his resume was resulted in a very concrete benefit to him yeah and he got away with it right and i would not ever do that (laughs) like i would be so scared i would get caught for saying i knew something that i didn't really know that well yeah and i think this is also a gender difference Mm -hmm. i think men are way more willing to boast about or right. say things about themselves like, that aren't entirely true. Gutsier, yeah. Uh, in a way that women are way more cautious about. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I would be worried that they would... I would have thought they would have done some sort of, like, test or something, yeah. but... I mean, part of it is, like, my boss doesn't really know that program, so I don't know how she would really test us. If... And she never asked your opinion of, like, what do you think about this guy's skills? No. And you had no way of giving feedback... Right. I felt like it would have made me look bad if I said, well, you know, he doesn't really know how to code. Like, you know, if yeah. I'm trying to say, like, I I know how to code, but he doesn't know how to code. Like, yeah. it makes me look bad. Right. It makes me look like I'm bitter because he got the promotion and I yeah. didn't. Or, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So. That's, a <sighs> That's so frustrating. Tough. And your hands feel tied. Yeah, right. Because you don't want to be the person who brought up Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the person who complains about money. Yeah, definitely. Right. I'm not trying to, like, throw him under the bus or anything, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are there any other, in meetings and things, are there any other incidents in the, in this company or an industry? Have you worked for a couple different companies? Since yeah, I've worked for a couple since I've graduated. Um, I did, right out of college, I worked for a bank, mm-hmm. and... I started out with a good boss, then he left. Then I got a new boss. He was awful. <laughs> so awful. Um, but I ended up leaving, like, pretty soon after that. Thank goodness, but... What was so awful about him? He was just... So I would wear... It was at a bank, so I had to dress very professionally. 
Um, and he would tell me, he was like, you look so much better in skirts. You should not wear pants. And I was like, that's really weird to say. I felt really uncomfortable about that. And then, like, some days I would wear more makeup. And he's like, did you change your makeup? It looks way better today. You should always wear that much makeup. This is very, very inappropriate. Did you talk to anyone about this or report it? No. I didn't really know, like, who his boss was or anything, so... Okay, and when you join these companies, are you told about, like, this is our ombudsman or this is HR? Um, Do they make it clear the routes to reporting? No, yeah, not at all. Even my current job today, and I feel like I, you know, when I first started working at that bank, like, I was brand new to the industry, so I had no idea what it was about or anything. Even today, though, I've been around for a while, and I don't know who I would talk to, like. How does that make you feel? Yeah, pretty bad, I guess. Because <laughs> now you do have a complaint. You have right. a very legitimate, you, in both yeah. cases, you've had very legitimate complaints. One is your yeah. boss saying these inappropriate things about your appearance. Right. Obvious. And he actually, he, he did get fired for sexual harassment. Not because of me, um, which stinks. I wish I would have said something. But he went to another branch and he, like, I guess harassed a girl more than me um and she like said something spoke up and he got fired so i'm glad <laughs> yeah. i wish i had said something before then right how did it make you feel that he got fired good <laughs> i yeah. felt pretty happy because he deserved it like and he actually did it way worse to my coworker. um like constantly was asking her out he was married too by the way he had two kids and was married and my coworker had a crush on him so she liked it she welcomed it like you know he was hitting on her and she was like oh i really want to like go on a date with him and stuff and but i also was kind of i didn't like say anything to her but i was like this is really inappropriate how he is like acting towards her he was her direct boss yeah is there any way for you to give feedback to the company in terms of, like, making these reporting channels more transparent? I, yeah, I don't know how I would do that. I don't know who I would talk to. But, yeah, that would be good. And then he, when I put in my two weeks that I was leaving and going to another company, he was doing something illegal. And... Like, he was processing an application for somebody who wasn't there, and you cannot do that. Like, that's against banking laws. <laughs> and so somebody called the branch and was like, I need to speak to the customer. And I didn't know, like, what was going on. I didn't know he was doing this without the customer there. And so I told him, I was like, there is no customer. There's nobody here. So he got in trouble. And then he came to me and was like, you're out to get me just because you're leaving the company. You're trying to sabotage me. And I just felt, like, helpless. Like, I couldn't tell him he was wrong, you know? So, thank God I was leaving. But, yeah, that was weird. Creepy. Yeah. Why would you assume that your worker is out to get you? Weird. I wonder if there's, like, a... I wonder if he's, like, blacklisted in any way. (laughs) I know, yeah. That's a good point. I should look up up on LinkedIn or something, see what he's yeah. doing. I know his wife left him, so good for her. But. Do you want to do that right now? Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm so glad I'm asking you about the industry experience. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's just replicating all the 1970s shit. I know. You would think by now that it would be different. Yeah. But, yeah. And it was tough because that was my first job out of college. Right, so you didn't really and know what was going on. I was at a really low level, so. Yeah. That's hilarious. He's a vice president at another bank. So, he got promoted. Interesting. So he got fired for sexual harassment and then went to another bank. And now he's a vice president. Is it a large, well-known bank? Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think that they didn't even know about what happened then. How do you feel right now, now that you've just looked that up? (laughs) Kind of like shit. (laughs) That's really disappointing that... It's like he had no consequences, you know? I thought, like, from what I heard, when he got fired, that seemed like a big deal, and everyone hated him. But now it seems like it did not affect him at all. Like, that didn't set him back in life. Yeah, it feels like shit for me, too. Yeah. Do you, have any, do you have any other... What are you going to do with that information? Do you, aren't you tempted to, like... I know. Like, say something? Right. That's so I'm not crazy. saying you should, but... Right, no. What are you thinking right now? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, it just doesn't seem fair. It's just crazy that... Like, that must have taken so much for her to, like, speak up. Because I know I didn't. Like, because he didn't physically do anything or say anything, like, super inappropriate to me. I would say what he said to you was super inappropriate, but I know what you mean. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't ex- explicit about right. things. Uh-huh. And, yeah, in a way, it's kind of nice to hear that you look good. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I was like, ugh, this guy is horrible. I I felt like, you know, he shouldn't be saying that, but it wasn't, like, over the top, so I never... Yeah, I never thought to say anything. So it probably took a lot for her to say something. And who knows if that hurt her career. Like... So, yeah, that really sucks. And it kind of sucks that my friend who liked him, I would try to tell her that he was not, he was kind of like a douche. And <laughs> and she had his back, kind of. And, like, when the whole situation went down where he was blaming me, she kind of had his back in that, which is weird. Hmm. I don't know why. I mean, I guess because she liked him. 
he was very, you know, he was always complimenting her and saying, I really like you and I would leave my wife for you. And yeah, it was pretty inappropriate. <laughs> did you overhear this conversation or did she tell No, she you? told me. Like, okay. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And I would say that I don't think that's okay for him to say that, but she was like, mm, it's fine. Like, Especially not that he's her boss. Right, he's her boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would try to, like, go for drinks after work with her. You know, come up with situations, like, make situations where they could be alone. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if anything ever happened between them. She didn't tell me, so. Are there any other incidents that you can think of that felt really, like, gendered experiences in either of these places? Hmm. This can include, like, meetings or collaborations. Not, I don't know if gender. I mean, that second job I was at, the management was just bad. And it was... I never told anybody this, but at that other job, uh, like where I had my mentor and stuff, um, new management came in, and like we had a, a woman boss, things were going well, and I was definitely like a top performer at that job because it was super easy job, but then a guy manager came in, and he'd never even talked to me. And he just heard rumors that, like, me and my other girlfriend were, like, negative on the team. And we actually got fired. It's, it's like, really... I've, I've not told any of this. Like, even my friends don't know this. Um, I told them that the team got laid off. Because that's really embarrassing. <laughs> like, nobody wants to admit they got fired. But, yeah, basically he just, like, listened to some rumors that we were, like, negative on the team. I never even talked to him. Like, he came in and... Sorry. Yeah, if you want to take a minute, that... It's really hard. And honestly, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because then I got the data analyst job, but... But yeah, he just, like, came right in. I never even talked to him, and then I got... Me and my friend got fired. Do you know if anyone else got fired? Mm-mm. It's just us. And it was, like, guys who told him that we were, like, negative and that, like, we didn't uh, do any work. We were just on the internet all day. And I was like, that's funny. How do I have way more work done than you then? We literally actually counted, like, this was an entry-level job, so it was, they literally kept track of how many, like, how much work we did every day. We had, like, an app, like, an actual number. And every day I was the top performer. And they told us, like, both me and my friend, um, they pulled our internet usage and said it was too high. And that's how we got fired. (laughs) Even though everyone else is on the internet. Actually, if you look at the... There's, like, a clause for that job, and it says you're allowed to use the internet at your job because, like, you need the internet to use, you know, do your job. 
And they said, even if you have downtime, like, you can use the internet. It's fine. Also, it shouldn't really matter if you're doing the most work, I would think. Did you have any recourse? Did you ever... Did you have an ability somehow to point out that you were the top performer on your team? It was too late. I mean, I was literally... It's funny, like, I was... My boss, like, called me in and was like, hey, I just want to chat. And I was like, oh, yeah, how's your weekend? Well, like, super happy. And then they were like, HR was in there. And they were like, you're fired. We're letting you go. We need to get all your stuff right now. They wouldn't let me out, like, to grab my purse or anything. They had to, like, go get my stuff and, like, walk me out of the building. So I had nothing at that point. Like, I just had to be like, okay, and <laughs> leave. Did you ask them why during that meeting with HR present? Yeah, yeah, and they said it was the internet usage. Did you bring up the fact that you were a top performer? I did. What did they say? They said it doesn't matter. <laughs> I even, I thought about suing. Like, I really thought. I was so angry. And I talked to my dad, and he was like, I agree. Like, we should sue, and... um. I didn't go through with it because I was like, well, I need to find another job. What if they find out I'm in the middle of a lawsuit with my last company, you know? And, like, oh, has the... Or something that you can just fire people and you don't have to have a reason, technically. It's called, like, willful employment or something. I can't remember what it's called, but... In this state, they can just fire you for any reason. I think a lot of states have that, though. Okay. So you had this experience. This is a, at this point, this is your second job. Yeah, and someone spread rumors. Yeah, about you. Do you have any idea? You, you think it was the guys on the? Oh, I, yeah, I know who it was. Definitely, they did it even when we were still there. Uh, they always tried to throw other people under the bus. Constantly, they felt like we weren't doing enough work, and so they would go and tattle on us and then yeah I don't know and then I guess when the new management came in he just he didn't want to deal with it I think he he knew there were issues on the team and so he was like I'm just gonna cut the fat and start over and I don't know why he never gave us a chance to like for our side of the story because he actually came in and every person on the team was supposed to sit down and have a talk with him so everyone got their chance, and then we were at the end of the list. So I guess we just got unlucky. Where, So it's like he heard the, uh, their story first. And then he never he heard us. Yeah, never talked to us. I never got a chance to defend myself. Like, uh, And then it was just all of a sudden we were gone. So. And he also knew that we were trying to get off the team. We had been there for a year and a half, so we were, like, actively looking to go to other teams, and he knew that. So I think he was like, why am I going to keep them around if they're trying to leave? Which we were trying to leave because it was a lot of negativity. And So what, was the, what has been the effect on you that people spread rumors about you, a boss lays you off without asking you to defend yourself? Yeah. Um... Were you, were you and your friend the only two women on that team? Um, actually, there was 
there was two other women. Um, they were fine. They stayed out of everything, though. I think we were more so, like, trying to stick up for ourselves and, like, tell these guys that it's not right what you're doing. Like, you can't go to your boss and be like, and, you know, try to throw other people under the bus and try to make yourself look good just by bringing other people down. So we were, we weren't nice to them. And I think they ended up making us more of a target because of that. Would you say that's a form of retaliation? Yeah. Yeah. How has that affected how you operate in your in your job now? Um, I try to stay... I, I keep a certain distance from my coworkers now, I would say. So I felt like we were all very much involved in each other's lives. Like, we talked a lot. And, and now I just feel like, all right, I need to keep personal professional, like, a big line between them, and I kind of keep everyone at arm's length now. I try not to say anything, you know, I don't complain about management or, you know, because we had said things about we didn't like our job so much and we're ready to move on to another position, and I think they heard that stuff and then used that against us. So it's definitely made me kind of keep my distance, and it's made me, like, stronger, I would say, because... Now I know that can happen, and I'm not going to let that happen again. Would you say it's affecting your decision not to confront people about the raise issue that you raised, that you talked about earlier? Yeah, definitely. So when I went into my new job after that, I was always positive. I just never, I was like, no one's ever going to see me think anything negative or talk about anybody. Like, I'm just going to be completely positive and professional and, you know, don't give them any reason to find a way to get rid of me. Like, yeah. What What is it like to feel like you always have to present this positive? It's kind of exhausting at times. Um, I don't know. I wish I could be closer with some of my coworkers, too. I tend to, yeah, just kind of keep my distance and, you know, I'm friends with them and we hang out and stuff, but it's definitely not... Uh, like, yeah, we don't really hang out outside of work, I would say. Whereas my old coworkers, you know, we were, we were friends. We'd hang out outside of work and get together. And now I'm just kind of like, all right, these are my coworkers. I'm going to treat them as my coworkers. And yeah. And that's why I kind of focus on my relationship with my boss more. Like if she likes me, then that's good for me. What other things are you doing to protect yourself? I guess I'm a lot more careful about... Like, I don't use the internet at work, and I'm never on my cell phone, and just really, like, really trying to play by the rules, even if nobody else on my team is. And I'm not saying they aren't, like, everyone's pretty good, but um, even if they were doing something, like, I would still just really, like, yeah, just, you know, be perfect. Like, there's no way they can say anything bad about me, so... (laughs) Yeah, it definitely made me kind of keep my guard up and just be... I think it just opened my eyes a little bit more. I just never thought that anything like that could happen. I just always assumed that the workplace was professional and people would not try to screw you over. So by the time you had spent two years trying your best to be always positive, perfect is the word you used, <laughs> and professional, mm-hmm. it's after these after two years of this... 
sort of exhausting at times. Yeah. Modality. <laughs> that's when you when that's when this promotion. Yeah. Thing happens. Yeah. And now you say things have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel less less motivated. Yeah. Uh, sort of why bother? Um, what else has changed, if anything else? Not too much else has changed. Just, yeah, I just have a little bit more of a bad taste in my mouth now at my job, where as before I felt like everything was so great and things were going really well and I felt like I was on the right track and then that was just kind of like a slap in the face and ever since then I've just felt definitely less motivated but then at the same time I'm trying to overcome that because I'm scared of you know losing my job and I don't want anything to affect me so I'm just kind of like pushing through and like trying to be positive and keeping up and do you feel that your expertise is recognized by your teammates or the people you um, work with? I don't know because I'm not super close with them but the girl who just got hired, I feel like we get along really well, um, and she was the only one to actually congratulate me on my promotion. So it it kind of made me a little scared, like, do they think I don't deserve it or something? Oh, now the girl, actually. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so only the two girls congratulated me. And your other teammates are men? or Yeah, yeah, the rest are men. And none of them congratulated you? No. <laughs> yeah, I did not think about that until now, but yeah. How does that make you feel? Yeah, it's like, it makes me a little scared. Like, I'm worried that they don't think I deserved it, or, yeah, that I'm, like, not as good. Yeah. And when the other guy got the promotion, what was their reaction? Do you remember? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Because, I mean, this is, it's mostly through, we have, like, a chat system at work, and that's where, like, everyone congratulated me. Um, so I assume, you know, everyone kind of, like, sent him a message or something. I know I did. Like, when he got it, I sent him a message, and I was like, congratulations, like. Yeah, you bit your tongue and you, you did yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, at and the his, end of the day, he's still he, my friend. Like, Did he congratulate you? He did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like, well, he, I mean, he knew it was probably coming. Like, I kind of talked to him about this whole experience. Um, it's funny, actually. I was, because I was friends with him before he got promoted, and I told him that I basically asked for a promotion and he was like, that's so exciting. Like, I'm really happy for you. I hope you get it. And then he got promoted. <laughs> and I was like, that stinks. That's kind of, like, hurting our relationship, too, because... Did he ask for it? That's awkward. No. He was shocked that he got it, just like I was. So, I think that that really pissed me off that, like, I asked for it. And it's not like I expect, you know, just because I asked for it doesn't mean I should get it, but... I went out of my way to, that was actually, um, it was difficult for me to go in there and be like, look, you know, I've done all this awesome work. Like, I feel like, and I didn't even say at this point, I was like, what can I do to get to that point? 
And then, yeah, he didn't ask her anything, and they just, like, handed it to him on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I'm sorry, that's so frustrating. All of this is very frustrating. Yeah. I I definitely don't think I even, at the time, realized it. What was happening. With all these scenarios. So you've talked about this good relationship that you have with your boss. Yeah. Uh, and that she's been a very good mentor to you, etc. Mm-hmm. You feel like she cares about your career. Yes, definitely. And very much so likely cares about you personally as a person. Yeah. Uh, and identifies with you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that this is unusual? Yeah, I do. Um, she's definitely the first boss that I've had who has done this for me, that I've gotten this feeling. And um, I feel like we're very similar, and she... I get the sense that she's a little insecure um, about where she has come from, and she started in the call center at the bottom of the company, and then has slowly kind of worked her way up, and she doesn't have a, a college degree or that technical background, and so I can see it uh, you know, with her interactions with her boss, and she's very kind of unsure of herself, and it kind of blows my mind because, you know, normally she's pretty confident, and I think she's really great as a boss and uh she knows so much and like tries really hard so when you think about leaving the job that you're at Mm -hmm. are you concerned about losing this mentor yeah um yeah I'm actually really worried about my next job that I go to what it'll be like with a different boss and you know, will I do as well if they don't connect to me in that way and they're not, you know, they're just kind of like a normal boss. You know, will I do as well? And Would you say that you're lucky to have the boss that you have? Yeah. Would you definitely. say that she's highly unusual? From what I've experienced in the workplace, yes. She's pretty unusual that she really cares about her employees and especially me, I feel like we really have a connection where I think it's because she has struggled to get where she has, where she is now. And she doesn't want other women to struggle. That's the vibe I get. And, you know, I feel like she fights for me. She gives me more opportunities because she feels like I need it in a way. It'll help me get to where I want to go. She knows that I want to be better and move up, so. And I'm not saying you should, but yeah. uh, you also haven't, you haven't brought up this discrepancy in the raise, for example. Yeah. You haven't talked to her about that? I mean, no, because she doesn't even know that I know that there's a discrepancy, but I just don't want to jeopardize that relationship we have. You know, we have such a great, great relationship, and she has helped me so much, you know? She really has, like, gotten me to where I am, and, yeah, I just, I would feel so bad, like, risking that, and I don't know. It would just be awkward, and, but also I feel like she would kind of agree that it's messed up, <laughs> so that's weird. And the reason I am asking these questions is because... I'm wondering if you would agree with the following statement, which is that 
you feel that you have a great boss, you feel that she is highly unusual, combined with your previous experiences where you felt that you were punished for speaking up for yourself. Yeah. That all of these, and, and the feeling that you're you're grateful that she gave you a chance because she took a risk. Right. And she told you that. Yeah. Are these factors, these factors combined, are they, what are preventing you from speaking up for yourself now? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's like I feel like, you know, we have a great relationship and she has helped me and I don't want her to think that I'm, like, criticizing her. Or Or ungrateful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, I mean, I am grateful and yeah I feel like it would be uncomfortable and she would be upset that I would be questioning it or right or I mean I don't think she could do anything to change it so she might agree that it's messed up but she's like I don't know what we could do all right how about we wrap up it's been a longer conversation than I intended (laughs) thank you for your time yeah um I like. To, I usually ask people like, "What do you think makes a great scientist?" Mm. Uh, and for you, I would ask that you answer that, like, great scientist slash mathematician. Okay. Um, and also, like, what makes a great data analyst, or like, what mm. what qualities would a great like the identities that you hold? What would be the ideal, essentially? Um, for scientists, I think asking questions, willing to learn, willing, yeah, to try new things and come up with questions and try to answer those and not be afraid to, to fail. And And what about for like a mathematician? I guess being comfortable with ambiguity and numbers Relating numbers to real life, I guess, would be a really good quality. You have to have that connection. and Not just kind of going through the motions and memorizing the formulas, and but really understanding what do those mean? What, why are we using those? Like, what does that describe? Cool, yeah. <laughs> and how does that link up to your, your job as a, a data analyst? I think definitely um, trying new things and... So with my job, it's it's like everything is always changing, and so you need to keep up with that, and you can't be afraid of change. So there's always going to be new tools to use, new methods to learn, new programs to learn, um, and then speaking up. Um, so with my job, it's all about, you know, you come up with these numbers and solutions and whatnot, but then you have to go, you have to go make your case. So I really had to like go in there and say, you know, this is what I recommend and this is why. And being confident and being like, you know, they're not always going to agree with you. And a lot of times these things you're suggesting cost a lot of money. And you have to be like, yes, it costs a lot of money, but it's worth it. Like You need this. It's it's going to help the business in the long run and, you know, have the numbers to back it up. So I think that's really important and you need to have that confidence and be willing to you know, I have to go and talk to my boss and, like, debate with her all the time. <laughs> so, and be willing to accept that you can be wrong, too. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to get your way, so. 
I think I know the answer, but uh, do you feel that you are a really good data analyst? Yeah, I think so. Kind of seems that way. <laughs> Just Thanks. like the way you talk about it. Um, mm. Okay, and then finally, what would you envision a healthy STEM culture looking like? And I meant that in a good way. <laughs> no, I meant that like um, the way the way you talk about it seems very um, very clear and, and, and focused. Mm. You seem expert. In <laughs> you seem to take a lot of pride in it. Yeah, I really I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what do you envision a healthy STEM culture looking like? I think just open and judgment-free and uh, collaborative. Just everyone kind of working together. And Part of the reason I enjoy my job now is I feel like our team is a team and we work together and it's like we're all reaching for one goal. So if you could somehow relate it to that, have that kind of environment, like you're not trying to work against each other. If one person succeeds, like everyone can succeed. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right, thank you so much for your time. I really, I really, really appreciate this interview. Of course, um, you have a very different perspective from an academic route. Right, and it's important for people to hear. Yeah, I, I hope it helps somebody. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach out about the project, please send an email to voicesinphysicspodcast at gmail.com.